All right, come on in, gather around, pull up a chair. We're about to do a cruise podcast. We talk about cruising things here. We talk about a lot of things. This particular week, we have a call. It's going to be, a, I guess, a cruise news heavy, couple of emails, a little bit of fun. A lot of the usual, but, you know, like I said, we're going to cover a couple of topics here. We have an issue on the Carnival Sunshine. It was a fatality, and uh, I guess I wouldn't say the mystery is solved, but it's getting closer. We have owls flying onto cruise ships. We also have the uh, a new opportunity for you to live at sea, that much more, and your emails coming up. Let's start the show. <laughs> Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruising If I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have As we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show. Coming at you, not quite live, from Boca Raton, Florida. Sunny, beautiful. I mean, this has got to be one of the best times of year. Uh, we're not quite in the hot, you know, sticky summer months yet, but it is it is warm and it's very, very dry. Well, I wouldn't say it's dry, but it's nice. It's a very, very, very nice place to be this time of year. All right. So as mentioned, we got a cruise uh, podcast coming up. I want to, at this top of the show first, uh, give a big thank you to Cruise Radio, Doug Parker. You know, I came into this whole game. I would be lying, and I would think most people would be lying if they didn't say that Cruise Radio was one of the inspirations as to why they've gotten started making cruise content. And he's just been a staple through the years, old, reliable, shows up, answers the bell every single week. And one week, one week out of 14 years, the legendary Doug Parker wanted to take one week off. And um, it's such an honor to be the one that kind of sat in and, and, and stood in for him. In that one week that he took off, it was cool that he reached out. Of course, I was going to answer the call. Um, you know, it's almost like getting a chance to fill in in something. You know, like like when Jay Leno got a chance to fill in in the Tonight Show, or you know that type of thing, or or like you get you get a chance it's your turn to host SNL. You know, that's the way I took it. And I know, you know what I mean. It wasn't necessarily like it was. Um, you know, I was changing the world, or I was uh, I was really kind of providing a lot of heavy lifting with the show but it is an important role to kind of keep the show moving and it got me to kind of it got me the ability to kind of exercise a different muscle you know what i mean like playing the host a couple of people emailed me tommy good job you played it straight well of course i was going to play it straight i'm not going to come in and you know just uh take over and 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 wreck you know the the institution that is cruise radio but like I said, I don't really necessarily think I 
did that any do it did anything crazy or over the top or you know did anything that was too challenging you know i was basically feeding richard who was doing the heavy lifting but just the same it was pretty um it was pretty nerve-wracking hold on it was pretty nerve-wracking in in the moment and uh richard will tell you um he he could tell i was kind of nervous and he he was really cool because i got on and i'm like dude i'm hosting cruise radio right now you know, for the first time, nobody's ever hosted cruise radio besides me in 14 years. And I'm doing that right now. And uh, I'm a little nervous. And Richard was like, dude, just throw it. Just just lob it to me. And I got it. Just just lob the questions out to me. He even fed me a couple of lines. And, uh, you know, he it was it was very, very um, he was good at kind of calming me down. I did a couple of retakes, did a little bit of editing. But overall, it was good. Great experience. Big, big thank you. To Doug Parker, who took a very, very well-deserved vacation. I believe he was in Hawaii at the time of the recording, but it was good. I was glad I got a chance to do it. Um, all right, so on board Carnival Sunshine, there was an issue. A couple of days ago, you heard a story. It was making the rounds. The FBI boarded the ship, and what had happened was that a woman passed away. And what you heard was that there was all sorts of, um, I guess, speculation as to whether there was foul play. The FBI got on board. This confused me from the beginning because nobody gave you any reason as to why anybody should suspect foul play, right? They didn't give you any, you know, well, this is what happened. This type of injury was found. This type of murder weapon was found. Nothing. All they said was the FBI boarded the ship. We didn't have any reason to believe there was nothing that you could really sink your teeth into in the story when it comes to trying to understand why this would have been, you know, unlike any other cruise ship death which unfortunately and sadly we have to admit it it is what it is it's those things happen all the time so i was curious what is different about it this time uh now it was also kind of contradicting contradicting first they say that the fbi needed to be called in because it was suspicious like what the hell's going on on this cruise ship uh bringing the fbi but it's an ongoing investigation so there's no answers but in the same breath they're going to tell you that none of the guests on board have to be worried about anything nobody's in danger everybody's safe so how can both of those things be true it's an ongoing investigation you don't know what the hell's going on you don't know where which way is up but at the same time you also know everybody calm down you're in no danger whatsoever you know you bring the fbi on board that's indicating to people that you know you might have a jack the ripper running through the halls of the carnival sunshine out of south carolina and it's funny because you know these news outlets they don't give a crap have you ever noticed the mainstream media you know i'm not here to bash them either but they really have license to get all the things wrong when it comes to cruise reporting. Like half the outlets out there will call at the Carnival Sunrise. Just, I don't know what they would Just throw a sun in front of you. One of those sun chips from Carnival. Throw that on there. You know, they don't have any, you know, there's no correction. You just see that all the time. You see some of the most, if, and if you do a deep dive and you're, and you're a real kind of, you know, cruise enthusiast, you see that happen all the time where they're just getting stories wrong, getting, um, you know, policy wrong. It's just reckless. It's kind of lazy reporting. Now, anyway, I've been following up on this because, you know, a lot of that's another thing that happens with a lot of these cruise stories, these potential cruise disasters that are in, under investigation. Half the time, you hear about this big crazy story, whether we picked up migrants or whether there was violence on board or whether there was, you know, the the you know there was a sex crime on board or whatever whatever was going on on a cruise ship. You hear about the original story, and how many times do you just never hear about it ever again? So I was kind of following up. 
So today, I did the same thing. I looked into it, see what the hell was going on. It was their foul play. And while there is not a conclusion, the investigation is, I think, continuing. It does appear that the guest may have passed away due to natural causes. You know, so I guess all's well that I mean, not that it ends well, but it's people do unfortunately pass away on cruise ships. They don't publicize that as much as it does happen, but it is a regular thing. You know, some people I think there's a lot of people out there that kind of walk around knowing they're eventually going to, you know. They cruise a lot. They're retired. They, if you're 87 years old, uh, if you're 92 years old and you spend half the year cruising, you probably are resigned to the fact that you might, you know, it might, it might end on a cruise ship. Uh, all right. Have you guys heard or do you know what a burrowing, burrowing owl is? A burrowing owl seemed to have booked a two-week trip on the Symphony of the Seas with uh, Royal Caribbean. Um, So in a way less dismal, but possibly just as confusing story, a burrowing owl mistakenly took a two-week cruise on board Symphony of the Seas. I don't understand why it was two weeks. You know what I mean? If you knew this owl was on board the first week, why wouldn't you have gotten it off between the first and second week uh, instead of just, you know, waiting another week and then getting it off? So this happened out of Port Canaveral. Uh, What had happened was the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, they got a call. And it was from the cruise line. So they sent out one of their biologists and they hopped on board. And this was quite a struggle to wrangle this fella or lady in. Uh, they made a few attempts. You know, they were, I think the the favorite part of the ship for this owl, this burrowing owl, I wish we had a name here. Let's call him Rusty. I don't know why. We'll call him Rusty. So uh, Rusty was hanging out in the Central Park area. That was his favorite or her favorite part of the Rustina. Her, um, their favorite part of the ship. And uh, you know, that's where they kind of found him when they were going to try to get him off the ship. Now, they, this, was wor- this was done in conjunction with a bunch of crew members and the conservationist. They tried to get the uh, owl Rusty wrangled up in Central Park, but Rusty was a little too sharp for this. He sniffed out this operation, and he made his way up to the 10th deck, and he perched up on a balcony. So now everybody's down on the Central Park level looking up, and, you know, Rusty's looking down, laughing at everybody. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to go next stop, Cozumel, Mexico. Come on. We're doing it again. Back to back to back. And uh, they went up. They made so I guess the crew was distracting Rusty from the bottom by making noise. That's what they say. I don't know how you know to distract an uh, uh, an owl. What do you say to an owl from ten decks down that you know is going to distract him so that he doesn't know the conservationist that is sneaking in Scarface style behind them at the end scene when you know Tony Montana's leaning over with the guns. He thinks he's the man, but then Kaiser Sose is coming in behind him. Uh, this is what happened. This is basically a replay of that scene. So they're distracting him. The uh, you know the, the the owls looking over the 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 the, the boardwalk or whether it's Central Park. I'm not sure. Saying I'm I'm the king of the world. Nobody wants the world is mine and this and that. And then, no, but then like Kaiser Sose, the conservationist comes behind the owl and is able to scoop him up, bring him back off the ship, back to the conservatory, back to safety. And I do mean safety because this is an issue. Now, this burrowing owl only eats small insects and um, small reptiles. So this is not 
the type of animal that's going to be able to survive long term on, let's just say, scraps from Johnny Rockets. You know what I mean? This animal needs a different type of food. And clearly, the the, uh, the owl, Rusty, was starving. And it's already an endangered species. It's already one of the smallest owls that there are out there. So it's good that this happened. We got the owl. We, like I had something to freaking do with it. We got the owl off the ship and back to safety um i don't know i don't know can can you imagine so what happened was and and the conservationist was kind of playing up in a lot of the details that they only had an hour to do this and why that hour is significant is is because this is on turnaround day and it's the one hour in which there are no passengers all the passengers are off the ship and then it's the hour before the first passenger for the next sailing is going to get on the ship. I was just thinking that. Isn't that amazing that there's an hour? You know, how many weeks, how many hours are in a week? So 24, 48, 48 times 2 is 96. That's four days. Maybe double that. One, I don't know, 160? I don't know. I'm not that great, great at math. But let's just say it's 160 hours in a week. One single solitary hour of that is no passengers. Can you imagine what is the uh, symphony of the seas? 3000 or 2500 crew members. Can you imagine the mood on that ship for those for that 1 hour, that 160 minute block where there is just no cones, no Nobody asking any questions, nobody running in your way, nobody turning their brain off asking you a dumb question. You know, and I'm not passenger shaming. I'm not, you know, guest shaming. But I will say, as a service industry worker, yes, you know, those 15 minutes before you open when people haven't come in yet and you're getting that last breath is so nice. And, you know, it's just amazing that of the, oh, the entire week, the entire week, you get one hour where there's no guests on board. It's almost like I saw a comedian do a bit where he said when the dad goes on vacation, right? The dad's going on vacation. And let's just say it's a road trip. It's not a vi- or, or a trip to the beach, whatever, for the day. It's not a vacation for the dad. It's just not in any way, shape, or form. They say when the dad's job is to load the car down, right? Make sure everybody gets in. The cooler's loading down. The, the luggage is in the back seat. He, you know, makes sure the hatchback is shut down. Takes the kids, puts them in the back seat. Wife sits in the front seat. He goes around. Kids in the seat. Closes the door, and then goes around the car to get in the driver's seat and drive. The the dad in this comedy bit, I think it was Joe DeRosa, Joe DeRosa, stand-up comedian. Um, I think he said, that's the dad's vacation. That's the, of all the hours of vacation that the family's going to enjoy, the dad's vacation is that one last door close and lap to the other side of the car to get in the driver's seat when there's nobody around. And that kind of just reminded me of that whole thing where, you know, just one hour, one single solitary hour where there's no cruise passengers on board. By the way, the show is an acquired taste, ladies and gentlemen. If you're new to the program, welcome, welcome. And a welcome. Uh, I'm very, very happy that you decided to check out the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast. I've heard a lot about uh, this show. I've heard a lot of feedback. I've heard that people say that, you know, I didn't like it at first, but you know what? I grew to like it. I actually grew to love it. And uh, that's all I would ask. If you are new and you're hearing it, give it a couple of episodes to see if you can acclimate to what we do here. It is a little bit of an offbeat approach to the cruise, you know, 
content creation space. It's a little irreverent. It's different than a lot of the content you might hear. I do throw a little bit of opinionations in there. Haven't done so, haven't done so thus far on this show. I've been pretty mild on this show, haven't I? But either way, you know, we go off the rails sometimes, and you know, it, will it offend some people sometimes? Yeah. Will the accent? The proverbial New York accent. I think you can live with it. You just got to, you know, you. The, what I hear is the same, very same things that annoy people about this show when they first start listening become the more endearing parts of the show as they uh, subscribe to it as some sort of form of companionship throughout their day on their commute. I would like to invite you to check out the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge. It's on Facebook. It's a group. All you got to do is jump in, knock on the door. It's all, it's closed. It's locked. I will let you in once you request. And I got to give a big shout out, a very, very big shout out to all the new members, but also to Sandra and Carol. They are currently on Carnival Celebration, and uh, they're having fun. I could tell you that, by the way. Uh, Sandy's doing her usual, you know, I don't like the straws. I don't like the I can't find anything. Uh, what's that smell? She's giving you that business, but that's what she does. I know she absolutely loves the ship. She loves the drinks, but I gave her a mission. You know, I had a favorite bartender on that ship, and she was awesome. She was. She made really, really good drinks. She made a delectable delectable espresso martini and she was funny she was a fun little companion for you know a lot of times jp would be on board and you know jp would be doing his thing and he would be getting ready or doing whatever else J- jp was a smoker he is a smoker so he'll go out and do you know do his thing over there and we'll separate a lot while i'd be waiting for jp or while i'd be waiting for doug parker because he was on the sailing i would spend a lot of time hanging out at 820 biscayne the bar over there and angela was awesome over there and she just she was just one of my favorites she got a little mad at me because i got her some reese's peanut butter cups and we both opened them opened the bag i opened i opened one put it in my mouth ate it she had the same experience when she put hers in her mouth and ate it. There was a double wrapper. We took the first wrapper off. Who makes these uh, peanut butter cups with double wrappers? I don't know. But anyway, Angela is in the group. And Angela, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, there's a very slim chance that you're listening to this. But if you are, good to have you on board. And everybody else, all the new members, we've been having a little bit of a spike in membership. We've been having a little bit of spike in uh, YouTube subscribership, which means le- which leads me to also invite you to check us out on YouTube. I really want to get that subscriber count up. So if you are not a subscriber to the Always Be Booked YouTube channel, please do so. And that's pretty much it. All I really have to say, oh, the Patreon, we do have a Patreon, and uh, that is a charge of $8 a month. If you like what you hear here, if you're new, maybe let it marinate a little bit. But if you like what you hear, I do a show every single night of the week, uh, five days a week, I should say. And uh, we talk about anything cruising. We talk about personal stuff. We talk about uh, just daily observations. Uh, I try to keep it a good amount cruising, but I will go off the rails a little bit more on that show. Sort of like what this show used to be, maybe three years ago or so, where it was just no rhyme or reason. If they're, you know, strip club, whatever, whatever. We'll talk about it all. You know, we get through it. But, um, you know, it's a it's a cool community. I call it the mega cone community because, you know, you have the super cones. If you want to enter in the $5 level, I don't recommend that because you get a $5 show once a, once a week. Uh, so $5 a month for a show once a week. For just $3 more, you can quintuple that and you get five shows a week. So I would say do that. Super cones are endangered like the burrow owl, I believe. Uh, but there are still a couple of you out there. 
Shout out to Carol Jansen. Um, what else? What else do we have going on? Oh, the uh, group cruise. If you guys want to come on what will be, listen, punch me in the face if I'm lying. Come on this group cruise. It's October 8th. It's on the aforementioned Carnival Celebration. It's going out of Miami to uh, St. Thomas, San Juan, and Amber Cove in the Dominican Republic. And I just can't tell you. Like, guys, I'm urging you to do this because the pricing is still manageable. And across all cruise ships, this is one of the biggest things I'm battling with right now. And it's not your fault. It's not. I'm not blaming anybody whatsoever uh, because listen it's you're going to book when you want to book and it's not up to me to tell you when to book but what i am seeing more than ever is yesterday's price is not today's price so the prices are going up quick the prices are going quick demand is high and you know people are getting quoted on certain cruises and certain rooms and those prices are changing but let's just get back to what i was talking about the group cruise this thing is going to be an absolute blast i've been talking at nauseam for seven years, I don't know how many years, I just made that number up, uh, about the St. Thomas Mountaintop Bar Crawl. And shout out to Austin Maxwell, uh, the Maxwell's Travel. Gave it a shout out on his, uh, you know, he's a, you know, we know him from uh, the, the the Kanga Coolers from Shark Tank and being a guest on this show, he started his own travel vlog on TikTok, you know, real good, cool young couple, they're doing their thing, but he gave me a little shout out on his channel about the St. Thomas Mountaintop Bar Crawl, you know what I mean? Five or six different venues, loud reggae music, fun driver, fun crew, the booze is flowing. And, you know, I've talked about that with absolutely, I mean, screensaver type views you're looking at when you when you when we do this. It's it's absolutely beautiful across the board, mountaintop to Paradise Point to everywhere. The whole um, what is it? Um I forgot what the name of the road is there, but it's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, of course, San Juan speaks for itself, uh, the Tripletas, and then also everything else that you get with uh, Amber Cove, the Dominican Republic. That's a little bit more of the chill one. That's the day at the pool. But you could also go out and do what you want. But besides that, it's just going to be seven days with the best crew on the best ship. And I can't. I want I want to I want to I want to reach through the speaker and shake you. If you're thinking about this, if at all you want to, you know, I'm telling well, listen, I'll shut up. It's going to be one of the best 7 days stretches of your life. That's all I could really say. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you're interested, if you have any questions, we will set you up. All right. Let's move it along here. And then there was one. What am I talking about? Royal Caribbean is going down to one stateroom cleaning per day for each room say it ain't so royal caribbean we do have a statement royal caribbean international is implementing a once a day cleaning service for staterooms across the fleet vacationers will still will still regularly see their familiar faces of their stateroom attendants who will continue to do thorough cleaning provide new towels fresh oh you hear that guys we're gonna still get the new towels they're not taking away our towels yet uh yet uh refresh amenities and be available to guests for questions and stateroom requests throughout the cruise um so what can we say about this, guys? I'll give my little take on it. It's an indication of how bad things really are. Oh, here we go, Tommy. Sky is falling down. How bad is it? Tell tell us how bad it is. No, listen, it's, it's kind of bad. You know what I mean? This really, you know, the fact that they did this shows that it's a little bit bad because they had an opportunity. 
people were so up in arms about Norwegian doing this very thing that if Royal Caribbean, just by changing nothing, if they could have just continued doing what they were doing, that would that would have been such a leg up on Norwegian. You know what I mean? You could have you had that. You had that in your arsenal to be like, hey, listen, at least we're not cutting down to one stateroom cleaning a day. We're holding strong with that. That is a, believe it or not, a, a, a selling point. It really, really is. When all the other crew, and you didn't have to do anything. All you had to do is keep things exactly the way they were. Instead, they took it as a different type of opportunity. They figure, hey, listen, everyone else is doing it. So it can't at this point really hurt us to do it as well. It's not like if we, it's not like if we, if we, if we do it, somebody else is going to be providing too because carnival stopped doing two norwegian stopped doing two and here we are now Nor- royal says okay we kind of have a stranglehold on you we have you by the proverbial you know subcoculatories you know what i mean so it is what it is uh and they're doing it they made the move uh i'm not really sure where it stops that's the only thing i get it these cruise lines are in peril. I was talking to the cruising diva today a little bit too as well. And we were trying to figure out, you know, we don't have access to the balance sheets and the P&Ls and stuff like that. But it's clear that there there are issues. It's clear that these cruise lines are in a little bit of trouble. It is encouraging to see that they are getting a steady stream of revenue pretty much across the board. You saw Norwegian, you know, the the fourth quarter report from last year didn't look good, didn't look pretty. A lot of the experimental things that they're doing seem to be maybe um, causing a scenario where they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. But we'll see. I mean, it's still early in the game. We are still early in the post-pandemic game. So we're going to have to just look and see where this goes. Uh like I said, in my opinion, it just speaks to how crucial the situation is right now. These cruise lines need to save money, and they are doing it egregiously every chance they get. All right, what I'd like to talk about now, it's a little bit of an older story, but we haven't caught up about it. And I'm just going to you know, put it out there because some of you may not have known that there is now a cruise line that you can go on a cruise for uh, with, and you can be at sea for three years. So this is this is called life at sea cruises. The sell here is value, right? Uh, world cruising or permanent residence at sea used to be only for the rich and definitely for the retired. Now, as we seem to be living in a little bit of a world where uh, it becomes less location dependent, a market has developed for a middle class employee who still has you know, to go to work every day, who's not rich, and they don't have to report to a particular office. This is basically for them. Now, again, not a lifetime commitment, not a condo purchasing commitment. This is a three-year cruise. Uh, so this will kind of give you, and, and Richard kind of talked about it on cruise radio last week when, you know, this is a, a, a little bit of a, a opportunity for you to dip the proverbial toe. Now, I know what you'll say. Three years, that's one hell of a freaking toe with dipping in. Yeah, but a lot of people you know, want to commit to a life at sea. A lot of people want to retire and live on nothing but a cruise ship. You know, when you're talking about the rest of your life, yes, three years is a, a toe dip in the water. Uh, 
So there is a, uh, you know, it's going to be cheaper. It's also going to be a cheaper opportunity than you would at some of these real traditional world cruises on some of these luxury cruise ships. Uh, I'm not here to tell you that this is some kind of casino offer, but it definitely got a little bit cheaper. So Life at Sea Cruises has a ship called MV Gemini. Now, the cruise itself, because it's crazy to... You know, it's crazy to call it a cruise, but it is a cruise. It's a three-year cruise. It's more like a permanent thing, a semi-permanent thing, but we're calling it a cruise. It does leave on Istanbul in November 1st of this year. That's right. I said this coming year, and the ship is going to visit 375 ports over 135 countries and across seven continents, and when I used to go to school, that's all the continents there were. I don't know if they added any. You know, the continents, sometimes they're like planets. They're adding, they're taking them away. Uh, is it what do, how, as of today right now, what's Pluto's status? Is Pluto a, a planet? Did we, did we bring Pluto back? I don't know. Same thing with Antarctica. Uh, is, that a, is that a continent? I don't know. Seven continents, either way. Total distance covered on this cruise is expected to be 130 thousand miles now the highlights are going to be places like chichen itza uh, the taj mahal machu picchu they're going to go by the great wall of china these are all you know tourism opportunities that you're going to be able to enjoy while you're on this sailing the sailing will feature 208 overnight stops which is an absolute dream for me so you don't have to feel rushed when you're doing the things all across the world at sea wherever you don't have to feel like you have to peer run because nobody wants to peer run the great wall of china i mean i'm I'm with you on that i'm gonna be i'm gonna be on time when we're talking about china uh 103 of the destinations will be considered tropical uh the ship will have 400 staterooms which will hold 1074 passengers and in addition to the modern amenities that you would find on a cruise ship gemini is also going to feature a lot of meeting rooms offices business libraries, a lounge. Now, connectivity, you know, being able to get work done is going to be of optimal importance on this particular cruise sailing, calling it that. It's a freaking three-year thing, but that's what it is. Uh, The cost of this voyage is going to start at $179,000. That's for two people for the total three years. And that's going to break down to just under $30,000 per person for the three years and that's per year so that's not out of control you know what i mean when you talk about the stuff that you're going to be getting on board now i don't know how bad they're going to norwegian you on this are they going to nickel and dime you when it comes to internet when it comes to booze when it comes to port fees and stuff like that i don't know i don't know where it goes but that is the sticker price and you know right or wrong with the nickel and diming, that is a pretty low stick of price when you compare it and put it up against other world cruises that are, you know, a year and a half long. You know, you don't really see too many three-year uh, world cruises. But uh, they are allowing you also, if you want to, uh, you know, further dip your toe in the water and not necessarily fully commit, they're allowing you to share these bookings and mix and match. So if a couple wants to buy it with another couple, they could put in and then split up the sailing in half or however they see fit. So that's a cool little thing too if you want to commit but not commit to the full three years. All right. We're going to move on and we're going to talk about Virgin Voyages. By the way, I do want to ask you to check out my Instagram. I have an Instagram. It's 
basically called Always Be Booked. You should check it out. I've been committed to the reels. I've been committed to doing voiceovers. I've been committed to doing the inspirational, cool little, all the things that you see on Instagram. And uh, I like it. I'm having fun with them. You know what I mean? I try to do one a day. Sometimes I don't get one a day done. But if you haven't been to Always Be Booked Instagram in a while, please go back, check it out, follow and then you'll have some you know some pretty good eye candy when it comes to cruise stuff to to check out all right what i want to talk about is virgin voyages virgin voyages is revealing uh new entertainment you know virgin voyages nobody knows what's going to happen with them nobody knows if they are going to be triumphant we already know they've been through the wilderness uh they made it through uh you know they 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 they're resilient they're valiant dare i say they're scarlet you know what I mean? They're 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 doing great. They're trying their hardest, but you can tell the capacity and the bookings. I wouldn't say they're at one hundred and twenty percent. You know what I mean? They're doing their best, and they are. Uh, you root for a cruise line like this all the time because you want an outlier to succeed. You want somebody who's trying to shake up the business to do well and offer something different. Adults only cruising. You know, removing the stigma from uh, sexuality type of cruising. Do they go too far sometimes? Maybe, but you know, it's. I, it may not be for me. It may not be for a lot of people. But I like to know that it's there. I like to know that you can check it out and you can enjoy it if you're so inclined. All right. So Virgin Voyage is going to introduce five never-before-seen productions, and these five never-before-seen productions are the Paris Phone, which is an original concept by House of Yes and produced by Kaleidoscope. It's an immersive uh, experience which will be available on the Resilient Lady to show. Lola's Library. This is a cocktail party, an immersive cabaret. Lola's Library is an after-hours literary affair that takes guests through a book collection of a mysterious offer. After hours, okay, so when you talk about outlier, when you're talking about pushing the envelope, trying things that have never been done, now, this has not just never been done at sea. I have never, in my years of nightclub activity, nightclub partnership, management, supervisory, I have never heard anybody come in and pitch me on doing an after hours where we're going to sit around and read. Uh, literature. I'm sure it's more. I'm sure it's not that simple. I'm sure they're going to spice it up, and I'm sure it's probably going to be pretty cool. Uh, but based on this description, I am not 100% sure what they're talking about. All right. Supper Club. Uh, Supper Club series featuring another rose. This experience combines cabaret, dining, and theater. Uh, it will be available on the Resilient Lady as well. So a sort of a dinner theater type of thing here. Also, also Mind Mangler, member of the Tragic Circle, a solo show where the Mind Mangler attempts to read guests' minds. This will be available on the Resilient Lady. Okay, that's interesting. This you can kind of maybe uh, consider a little bit of a takeoff on the hypnosis thing you see on these cruise ships. I have not been on a ship where they did the hypnosis thing. I only saw it once or twice maybe. Um, Not really my thing. But I did watch it. And it is funny. But I did speak to many of the people who were on stage being hypnotized. They fake it. You know what I mean? They fake it. They do it for the show. They get all caught up in the action and they make believe they're hypnotized. And, you know, it, it is an entertaining kind of mildly. But all right. Moving on. Uh, misbehave. Miss. Not misbehave in terms of misbehave, but miss the um, the prefix 
behave. A game show with lots of audience participation currently available on Valiant Lady and will be available on the Resilient Lady. There is your quest right there. Can you imagine the what kind of quest are they going to pull off on uh, Virgin Voyage, Voyage cruise ships? If uh, you know Carnival and Royal Caribbeans are out of control, they did some wild stuff on the last quest that I was on on Freedom of the Seas. Guys, I, I won't say it. I know we got new listeners. There's, I'll say it. There's, I, there was vaginas out. There were, there was not a big deal, and there was, there was nudity, and you know how on the quest they have the camera guy and they replay the stuff on the screen. They were replaying the nudity on the screen. We're talking about piercings here, guys. They're looking for piercings, and people are pulling out their crotches. This is not something I'm, 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 I'm saying for the show to be a sensationalist. I'm not trying to turn this into a freaking late night adults only show. But this is what happened. This is what I saw, and we don't lie to each other as cones. That's all I can tell you. Um, all right. So the top five, Tommy's top five this week. I'm doing it on the fly because I know basically what I want to do and where I want to be as far as telling you what the top five are. And I think this is a useful top five because it's talked about a lot. It's discussed a lot, but I don't necessarily think it's appreciated enough. You know, we all, what are, what are, what is one of the most cruised to ports and what is the most, uh, I would say criticized ports. Yes, that's right. We're talking about Nassau, an exhausting narrative from me, is always been Nassau does not suck. No matter how much you want it to suck, no matter how much you talk about it sucking, no matter how many times you go there and talk about, you know, whatever you want to talk, it doesn't suck. Okay. Um, you talk about there, there's, there's so many ports of call that are, I wouldn't say any of them suck, but are so much closer to sucking than Nassau is because you're really, I think you, I think we just go there so often that we just tend to think, yeah, it sucks. Uh, Nassau again. But if you really got into it, I think you'd like it. All right. Top five things to do in Nassau. Let's get it on. First and foremost thing is the obvious one. And people, I think, again, it becomes uh, blind in plain sight. You become blind in plain sight with Nassau's Atlantis. Guys, if you've been to a left Atlantis less than three or four times, continue to go to Atlantis. That is a world class aquarium you're talking about the fish in those tanks where they get bigger and bigger it's like honest guys i'm getting a little fired up here but the 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 aquarium at nassau is almost like going on a very 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 comfortable snorkeling trip it really is. It's that good. And you could spend as much time as you want in there. You can go back. But you're seeing sharks. You are nose to nose with sharks. With manatees, with jellyfish, with I don't know what those fish are that are, I call them the Steelers fish because they're black and yellow and they all swim together. Um so many turtles, so much cool stuff. And I'm not a freaking conservationist. I'm not going to zoos and aquarium on my spare time. But when I go to that little cave and do that walk in that dark cave through Atlantis, it's absolutely beautiful. And I get I get a lot out of that. And I'll also say the water park. If you think the freaking if if you're not interested in uh in, in, in the aquarium, the water park is as good a water park as there is on the planet. Maybe it's not. Maybe they've made newer ones because it is a little old, but it's beautiful. The whole Mayan theme. 
the ruins is the theme, but some of the most death-defying water slides that you have, you, you go through the sharks in some cases. Really, really cool. And my personal favorite, the Lazy River. Lazy River is awesome. Yeah, I know you, you got to pay $48 for a hot dog. I do know that. I know. I think it's, what is it? I think it's about $76 for a Bud Light. I think uh, a burger is about 120 bucks. I do know that. I do agree with those prices. Those prices should probably come down a little bit. But Atlantis is the number one thing to do in Nassau. And it's one of the greatest things you could do at any cruise port anywhere, period. That's it. I'm not, I, and that's my story and I'm going to stick to it. Number two. In Nassau, what I think you should do is walk around downtown. Downtown Nassau is a rare opportunity. Like, you know, is it as nice as San Juan with the cobblestone streets? No, it's not. But there's so much history walking around downtown Nassau. You have everything that you want. You have the bearded clam. Uh, you have sharkies. You have senior frogs if you want to eat. So you have plenty of places that you could eat. But you have so much other opportunities to check out things like, you know, the museums. You have the Pirate Museum. You have the uh, Junkanoo Museum. You have shopping. You have, I mean, you know, when you talk about walking around a metropolis, and it is safe, guys. It's safe. It's a little annoying sometimes. I agree with that with the people that bother you and they want to try to sell you things. You just have to have a system for that. You just don't entertain them. You know, you have to just shut it down, turn yourself ice cold, big smile, no thank you, firm, smile, polite, firm, no thank you, and you don't slow down. Some people, when you get into, oh, what is that? Oh, because they'll pull it out or they'll pull it out, they'll, they'll try. Oh, wait, wait, just for one second, can I just show you this? My, my, starving, my starving aunt made this. Can you just, I don't know, I get it. I get it. I feel bad for the starving aunt too, but- if you entertain that, you're going to be entertaining that every five feet. So if you just kind of can, if you can put that shell up and just walk straight through, you walk straight through and you'll be fine. So whether it's eating, whether it's culture, whether it's museums, anything you want to do walking around that downtown Nassau, you can kill at least four hours. I will also say in downtown Nassau, a beach break, yeah, either the cabbage beach or cable beach. Junkano Beach is not very nice, but it is proximal. If you want to be able to be uh, sunbathing in the shadow of your cruise ship, now here's what I'll say about Junkano Beach. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Junkano Beach on hold. Okay, we'll put that on hold. Uh, but I'm gonna talk about the beach break, which is Cabbage Beach and um, Cable Beach, two of the nicer beaches. Uh, I think they're on the north side of the island, and you know they they're wide beaches, pretty pretty big waves. Very, very comfortable and nice, pristine, beautiful beaches. You got to go, you got to throw the beach day in there too. Because you go to a place like Key West, you don't get beaches. You don't get really nice beaches. There's plenty of islands that you can go to that are absolutely beautiful places that they're not going to offer great beach. They don't, uh, they don't have beach features. And Nassau does. Okay. So if you just love the beach, let's just say Nassau was a private island with three or four of really nice beaches, you could do that. And you have cable, and you have cabbage, and if you want to, let's throw in Lagoon, the private the private island experience. You can take a a, a private island day trip out to um out to out to Blue Lagoon Island, and you can get a beach experience there too. So the beach is number two, not necessarily my thing, but I know a lot of people like the beach, and there's plenty of opportunities for beach beach work over in Nassau. I will say number three is the fish fry. If you want good 
tropical Caribbean food. You go to a place called the Fish Fry. It is right near Junkanoo Beach. So I will pair those two up together. Junkanoo Beach and the Fish Fry together is a really, really cool experience. You could spend a good amount of time at Junkanoo Beach, have some drinks, make your way, walk over to the Fish Fry, really good conch, really good breaded fried shrimp, uh, conch salad, conch fritters. You know, it's almost like, um, you know, it's a, it's a, you, you, there's so many restaurants there, it's hard to figure out which one you want to go to, but there's plenty of options, and the fish fry at Nassau is absolutely awesome. I would say, all right, so that's number three. Number four, pair up the Queen Staircase with Fort Finn Castle. Again, this is a little bit of a walk. You could do this and downtown in the same day, but it's a little bit away from downtown. Um, but you know, with the queen staircase, really, really cool photo opportunity there. Uh, take some pictures, go up and down the stairs, see it for its beauty. There's usually a lot going on. A lot of times there's wedding pictures being taken there, but it's a beautiful place to spend some time and Fort Finn castle as well. It's an old fort. It's not nearly as impressive as the forts that are on St. San Juan, like, um, you know, Cristobal or, or El Moro, you don't have that. But Fort Finn Castle is a nice, cool little fort. You could walk around. You can climb all the way to the top, and you can get a perfect view of the cruise ship. I think it's a really cool option to do at Nassau. And then the last thing I would mention that you can do at Nassau that is a great time is check out, uh, pair these up if you want, the, uh, the John Watling's Rum Factory. Could check check out the rum distillery and the Grey Cliff Cigar Factory. That's another cool two things you could do. So Nassau to me, I, I don't really have the heart to listen to people telling me that there's nothing to do at Nassau. There's plenty of other things to do. You know, you have Balmore Island. You could do a day trip there. Um, you can swim with the pigs if you want to. There's numerous snorkeling excursions. There's, uh, you know, day, day trips, you know, tours around Nassau. I don't recommend getting a moped at all whatsoever under any circumstances. Do not get a moped in Nassau. I still have the scars to prove it, and they are not going to go away ever. But, uh, hey, listen, memories. We did the things, didn't we? It's Nassau, guys. I, I think they got a bad rap. I know I've said it so much. I've talked about it at nauseum, but I feel strongly about it. You can really enrich your Nassau experience by getting into that particular part of the world a little bit more than you do. Open your mind a little bit. All right, what we're going to do now is get into your emails. But first, we're going to hear from Morgan Freeman. Hey, Cones. Sorry to interrupt Tommy's rambling, but I don't have a lot of time and I wanted to ask you about your next cruise. We know there are lots of decisions to make, such as, where do I want to go? How can I get the best deal? And which cruise line is right for me? Whether you're traveling solo, with friends, or your entire family, always be booked. We'll make sure we find the perfect cruise for you. You can book direct, but remember, cruise line representatives are going to operate in the interest of the cruise line. And don't get me started on those third-party websites. If you are looking for someone who is going to spend the time it takes to ensure that you find the cruise ship, ports of call, and excursions that are right for you, then go to alwaysbebooked.com or email tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's face it, we are all searching for those moments of pure cruise bliss. And based on your detailed conversation with Tommy, we'll make sure it happens for you over and over again. 
for the most personal and detailed cruise planning assistance. Reach out directly to Tommy and he will make the process as enjoyable as the cruise itself. Whoa, Morgan, don't you think we're exaggerating? Now, Tommy, please let me do my job. My bad. Always be booked. It's a podcast. It's a community. And dare I say, it's a lifestyle. Go to alwaysbebooked.com right now and let's start planning your next adventure at sea. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. I have come to, I guess, rely on them because people seem to like the email section so much that, you know, I don't just invite you to write the show. I implore you to write the show. If you have anything on your mind, whether it be a quack, uh, <laughs> let's, I'm not good. We're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it. Whether it's a question, comment, uh, correction, anything, anything you want to say, if you want to be a part of the show, I will read your email on the air like I'm about to do right now. The email address is Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Once again, that's Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. It couldn't be any more simple, but I want your feedback. I want you to be part of the show. So please send some emails. We were a little light this week. We got enough to get through the show and we will start right now. All right, this one's from Juan. Juan from San Diego, Sacramento, I believe. Juan from Sacramento. Shout out to, oh, big shout out to the, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different side platforms. It's like, you know, in the group, I think we got a love match between a couple of cones that are about to happen. Well, a cone and the par- uh, and a, and a, and a, 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 a cone's kid, adult son. And uh, shout out to Steph. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I'm interested. I'm curious to see what happens. But uh, Sacramento, there's lovings in the air in Sacramento. And Juan, every time Juan, I didn't read this email yet, but Juan is always a really good emailer. He never disappoints. And let's see if this one uh, is on that same par. Hey, Cones, on a recent trip uh, to visit my dad in the last stages of his life, I spent a day driving with him from Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, where he lived. Uh, to as far as the upper Matum Key, just past Isla Morada. This is a really doable day that immersed us in the Conch Republic without having to go all the way down to Key West. First stop is Robert is here, fruit stand in Homestead. Wow, Homestead, huh? Pick up a smoothie and some exotic fruits. Check out the birds and Corpus Animals. This is a quick stop, but well worth it. Next up, take the old Dixie Highway to Alabama Jack's for a drink and appetizers. Great scene, awesome mangrove setting. We didn't see any on our visit, but supposedly there were often manatee sightings. Alabama Jack's is old school, dirty Florida Keys at its finest. That's good to know. I'm overdue for a trip to the Keys, and I got to get down there at some point soon. Continue down the highway to Key Largo. Maybe pop into a shell shop. Maybe not. Finally, get comfortable at Lorelli's Restaurant and Cabana Bar on the upper Matum Key. Wow, this place is a gem. I really can't do it justice here. Amazing bar over the water, super casual and friendly, outdoors, whitewashed wood decking. The views are amazing. The drinks are strong. The patrons and the staff were awesome. The music was great, and the food was really well done. There is a whole cabana seating area on the sandy sandy area. On a sandy area, boats are coming and going. This place, you would want to stay all day and get there with plenty of time to settle in. Toes in the sand. Have a great day, everyone, and go Sacramento Kings. Third place, baby. Juan. Juan, thank you so much. Um, you know, I 
didn't want to just skim past that first part of the email. Uh, condolences to your dad in the final stages of his life, as you put it. Um, you know, God bless, and uh, you know your thoughts. Our th- our thoughts go out to you. Our prayers go out to you um, and your family. That can't be easy. You know, it sounds like. It sounds like he did the things. It sounds like trips like this are not strangers to to you guys. It sounds like you guys had a pretty good time, and uh, you know, it, it all ends the same way for all of us. And uh, you hopefully do it as gracefully as possible. And you offering him trips like this is—I mean, you can't really. If you got to go, is there a better way to go out? I'm not sure there is. But Juan, thank you so much for the email. I really, really do appreciate it. Tommy, regarding Norwegian cutting times in port, you are right to be suspicious. YouTuber Traveling with Bruce talked about this on his live show last night for 30 minutes or so, saying he's really about having passengers on the ship more hours, spending more money in the casinos, drinking, specialty restaurants, etc. I agree with him. Kathy. All right, so what Kathy is referring to is the commentary that I made last week about uh, Norwegian cutting times in ports you know uh what she's saying is that another uh vlogger youtuber creator traveling with bruce is saying that this is probably about you know uh, making sure that you know we're cutting the times in ports so that you know we can make sure that you're on the ship more and you're spending money now that could very very well be true i would guess that maybe it is maybe it isn't now if they're cutting times on the front end of the trip, that's not going to get them too much. People are probably just going to sleep in an extra hour. So I wouldn't say that it would be worth it from a public relations standpoint to cut those hours at the front end to make as little as they'll make from anything people might uh, spend before 10 or 11 o'clock a.m. Could it be worth it on the back end? Yes, it's possible. Will you be more likely to book a specialty restaurant if you're getting back on the ship at 5 rather than 7? There could be something to that, definitely. Um, But I also do think it is very, very strongly about the uh, fuel. You know what I mean? Uh, If you're traveling slower, you know, that is just a fixed cost that costs X amount of money that's in the budget. They know what they're spending on fuel if they go 23 knots versus if they go 14 knots. And it's much less at 14 knots. And when you just fix that into the cost, you know, the, the extra spending, that's a gamble. That's a hope. We hope they'll spend more money, right? We know we're going to spend less in fuel and we can write that in our books and we could already call that, you know, uh, uh, less operating costs. We can put it in the books already, you know, will there be more revenue? Probably. Uh, So I don't disagree with Bruce at all, uh, but it's 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 about that probably, but it's definitely about the fuel, in my opinion. Uh, Let me know if you think I'm right or wrong. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, Tommy, I will be on Carnival Celebration, and I can't decide – I took this from the um, lounge. I I will be on Carnival Celebration, and I can't decide if I want to do the drink package. I'm conflicted. Pros and cons I can think of. Can you share yours? Pros, I'll probably get my money's worth and then some on sea days. Uh, Number two, will be nice to try all kinds of mixed drinks. Number three. It's nice to prepay for alcohol, so no big surprise bill at the end. That's a, that's probably the biggest one for me. Cons. I will have to wait for each individual drink with the wait time uh, between each drink. I drink faster than they can make them. Won't use it much on port days, three out of seven days. Uh, can't get uh, flights 
growlers, buckets of beer. My buddy and I both love craft beer. This is Chris Decker. Chris Decker is an always be booked legend. Chris, thank you for the email. Here's what I say. Always get the drink package. If you're a drinker, you got to get the drink package to me. That's that's the way I see it. Um, first of all, let me talk about what. So you'll get your money's worth and then some on C days. Yes, but it's it's overall. You're not measuring day for day, right? You know, It's not like, well, I got my money's worth on C days, but I didn't get it on port days. First of all, I think you will get your money's worth on port days because, again, just the ability to wake up, go to breakfast, get a couple of mimosas, and maybe at the end of the day, you're on the ship at night. You know what I mean? You want to be able to have a couple of drinks at night as well without having to worry about that wallet. So we all like to think that you know the sea days are going to stop our on-ship drinking. A lot of times it doesn't. And what I'll also say is this. You have three sea days, three out of seven. That is is a, I'm sorry, you have um, port days, three port days out of seven. That's light. You know what I mean? It's only three port days. That means there's four C days. So I, I think, A, I think you have more C days. So that's a reason to do it. B, I think the way you'll get your money's worth on the C days, how much you'll get your money's worth will far outweigh if you have a net negative on a port day, 100%. And yeah, you can't get the flights or growlers or buckets of beer. That sucks. That part of it does suck. But you can get all those things. You're just going to have to, that's a sacrifice you'll have to make. You'll have to order those items as they come on an individual basis. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's what I think. And as far as the waiting, what is it, five minutes? I mean, I don't, I've never, I drink. I mean, sometimes I drink drink on cruise ships, but I've never had an issue unless I was trying to be sneaky and maybe uh, meet a friend and maybe get somebody else something. I've never, for me personally, I've never had an issue where I couldn't get a drink fast enough. I'm not sure. Anyway, Chris Decker, you have your list of pros and cons. It's a good list. I gave you my thoughts on it. You will digest that and do whatever you think is best for yourself. But that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you guys for joining me in this episode of the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Again, before we get out of here, I'll invite you real quick to check out the Facebook group, Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. And if you want to support this show, and get five extra shows a week, go to patreon.com slash booked. As I'm remembering back, I never gave you the Patreon address. I think at this point, we all know how to get there. It's a matter of if we want to get there or not. P-A-T, patreon.com slash booked. You sign up. It's $8. Guys, by the way, the value, the value proposition there is ridiculous because... If you're bored, if you got a, the amount of Patreons that have been done, the backlog of shows, it's almost like another always be booked backlog. You can go, you there is endless amounts of content, tons of crazy stuff that I've said that I wouldn't say again if given the chance. You can dig up some dirt on me. You could have a lot of fun with these Patreon episodes uh, going way, 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 way back. P A T R E O N dot com slash always be booked, $8 a month. Check it out. Instagram, always be booked. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Always be booked there as well. And that is pretty much it. Thanks again. You guys are the absolute best. Boat drinks. Boat drinks.